Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Hey ladies, I'm chatting with Kelsey Chapman today about mentorship, which is such an important part of the Christian walk yet so underestimated. I pray that you find our conversation valuable, so let's get to it. My gals, I want to pause for just a minute to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode, which is the hashtag 20-something book written by my very own Kimber Cummings. Are you a 20-something gal? Check, yes. Trying to pursue Jesus in what is such an exciting but daunting decade of your life. A decade that seems to be characterized by a lot of dreaming and waiting and discovering then this book is for you or just any 20-something at heart. Through Kimber's words, you'll feel the familiarity of a close friend as Kimber encourages us through stories with how to create more fun, freedom, and purpose, work through expectations and dreams and a few disappointments, and just getting to know God's character and goodness transform and inform every area of our lives. I personally enjoyed every single second of this book and laughed so hard. Kimber is real and every gal can relate to what she writes about. So go grab 20-something by Kimber Cummings on Amazon today. Check it out in the show notes. Awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. I'm pumped to be here with you. Yes, I've been so excited to have you. I know we've, you know, hit some roadblocks and trying to record this, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to chat with you. So will you just tell my listeners a little bit about you and what life looks like right now? Yes. So I'm Kelsey. I just wrote a book called What They Taught Me. If I think back to, you know, one dream I've always had, I always joke that I have like seven dreams a day, but the one (laughs) consistent dream (laughs) has been to write. And so this year, after three years of working on it, I finally got to release um, a book out into the world. But I mean, I guess I really started working on that dream long ago. And so it's been fun to, um, walk that out. I, you know, joke all the time that I am a digital marketer and online kind of strategy girl by day and a writer and creative by (laughs) night. I've always, always spinning a few hats and um, I like it that way. I love to do a lot of things at once because it would be hard to pick one. I am a Nashville girl, as you can tell from my accent. (laughs) And I just spent the last five years out in Colorado, but it is good to be back in the South. Yes, I love it. (laughs) I'm so excited for you in this launch. And I relate on a very, very, very deep level to the like seven dreams a day thing. I'm like, I stop and I'm like, okay, wait, I'm a teacher. I'm a podcaster. I have an Etsy shop. Oh, and I kind of want to write a children's book one day. Oh, and I, and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I too much? I need to slow down. No, you're not too much. (laughs) Just take one at a time or two because you've got the teaching thing. Well, you've got the teaching and podcast thing nailed down. That's steady. So just focus. And and it sounds like the Etsy shop as well. So then just focus (laughs) on the one that that is not established yet and go from there. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're 
you make me feel less crazy, you know, like, or maybe we're just at least crazy together. I don't know either one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need each other to keep us sane, to run yes. alongside each other and know that we're not alone on the day. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Amen to that. So tell us a little bit about your book. What's, you know, what kind of inspired you? You said the last three years you've been working on it. So I'm sure that's like really hard to think back to where this even, you know, kind of spurred from, but tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So I started writing, I mean, as far back as I can remember, I've been writing these little essays, you know, probably like every basic girl out there, Shauna Nequist is their favorite author. And (laughs) I remember reading her essays and thinking, this is how I want to write, you know, and um, not that she's basic, but I mean, I know I'm not alone in loving Shout out to Shauna. (laughs) We love you, Shauna. But um, I do remember reading her style of writing, though, and thinking this is different. Like I hadn't read essays in the overarching theme. Like they're all collaborative and they tell a story, but they're all individual, too. And I love because of the way my mind works. I'm not the most linear thinker. And I remember thinking structurally, I would love to write like this. And it's nice mm-hmm. to see the style that would work for me on paper. And I probably discovered her in college. I'd wanted to write since before then. But once I saw her words, I was like, I, I'm going to write in essays. I can't imagine organize, organizing my thoughts in one, you know, 60,000 word story. Right. But I could do it in essays. So I started writing and I, I have these Google Docs that are embarrassing, you know, buried <laughs> somewhere deep at the bottom of my Google yes. Docs of you know, ants and this profound story of ants and what they carry on their back. And now I am just trying <laughs> to be kind to my younger self, but it is yes. flat out embarrassing to think back on what I thought was so profound. Right. But again, I'll be kind to, you know, <laughs> 16, 17 year old Kelsey. Yes. And I, you know, I've just toyed with when I had a thought, I would just hammer it out on paper. And that also helped me process. I mean, it it was a step beyond journaling, but I would hammer out my thoughts into some sort of cohesive story. And maybe that was 300 words, maybe it was 1500 words. And so over the years, I've written and taken steps towards writing more intentionally. And I had a blog in college and then let that kind of fall aside. I had it in tandem with my Etsy shop. So I connect with you there. And (laughs) then a different blog later. And that was the era of Blogspot. You'd buy a template and you would have the sidebar ads to Etsy shops and other bloggers. And I remember saying, hey, I really want to take this seriously and starting that with a friend Kindle and we called it the Radiant Life blog. And at that point, I think that was my first really intentional step to writing a book. I was like, okay, I can keep writing in my journal or my Google Docs, but I probably Mm. need to build an audience to show a publisher that like my ideas Mm. are sellable at some point, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, Which is interesting because now I'm a marketer, but I wasn't then. But I was thinking like a marketer of like, oh, you know, no publisher will pick this up without thinking that it might sell on a bookshelf to a stranger who doesn't know or love me. And Mm. so we started working on this blog and kind of, once we got a little bit of momentum, we're like, let's grow this baby. Let's see where we can go. (laughs) And 
we ran with that together for about a year and went our separate ways after a year, but I kept writing. I ran a magazine for a while. Then I was burnt out after the magazine. Yeah. And then after about a year of rest, I worried, like maybe my dream of writing a book is dead. Like I'm tired. I had no margin that year. I really was just like, I'm done. I'm putting writing on a shelf for a while. And mm-hmm. after a year of resting, I woke up and I was like, I think it's time. And mm-hmm. that was about three years ago. And I remember just kind of feeling a nudge, you know, that like kind of intuitive nudge, maybe a Holy Spirit nudge, who knows? But I just was like, I think I just need to write and see where it goes. And this first story that came out of me was about mentorship. And I, I didn't really expect to write you know, on mentorship, I expected to write with like Shauna, you know, about yeah, the bitter yeah. and sweet seasons of life and having a bunch of essays under like a feelings type of topical umbrella, right. not right. so specific to mentorship. But when the story of how Linnell invested in me, the, the first chapter of my book is about Linnell. I was like, oh, I have other stories like this in my, in me. And mm-hmm. if I think about this, this is kind of my life message. And my friends always ask me if I have how I got mentors and where to find mentors mm-hmm. and was it awkward or, you know, have you ever been shot down? And I think I have a lot of these stories in me. So I'm just gonna keep writing. And from there, I would just meet people and start asking questions. Mm-hmm. I would interview other authors on my podcast. And this one author came on, didn't know her, had no personal connection. She mm-hmm. had pitched herself to me. But on the podcast, I just felt a nudge to ask her, hey, could you help me work on my proposal? Like, what's the Mm. next step? Like, I know that, like, I can't just turn a complete book into a a publisher. I know agents are the gatekeeper pretty much. And I just don't know where to start. Is there anything I can trade with you for you to help me on this? And we kind of came up with this trade of working together for three months. And she helped me. Her name's Rachel Swanson. She helped me develop my book proposal to pitch to publishers and the rest is history. I mean, I'm happy to share about my writing process or anything, but I, I think that was a profound moment and a lesson for me of like, sometimes God will put exactly who you need right in front of you. I did not yeah. know her. Our personalities are different. We probably wouldn't have gravitated towards each other other than the podcast connection. Otherwise we had totally different worlds. Like I was not in her world. She was in California. We lived across the country, but Mm. I remember her just being highlighted. And I was kind of like, this is a little awkward, but can I keep meeting with you? I just feel like you're my girl, you know? And, and it was really cool to see how, I mean, that was, that relationship was part of my equation and getting this book out into the world. Hmm. That is so cool. And you're right. You know, God often will place that in front of you, but you also had to take the chance to be bold and like ask that, you know, because it probably wasn't comfortable necessarily for you to be like, hi, I just met you over, you know, the screen and, um, I want to hang out with you some more. <laughs> you know, totally. That's maybe not I our mean, normal inc- inclination to do that. Right. Totally. And I mean, that's very relevant too to finding a mentor. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. asking her to be my life mentor. I was asking her to kind of mentor me through one specific thing for a season. Most of the mentors I wrote about in my book were more like, you know, very long-term mentors, but she was a, a seasonal mentor for me. And I think we all experience that when we're looking for someone 
to invite into the tablescape of our lives, you know. I remember asking Harriet, who is a life mentor that I wrote about in the book, and just being at a cookout with her, and I kind of admired her. I'd been at her house a ton for like eight years. I was friends with her kids. I was one of her kids' young life leader. Um, and I, but I didn't have really a tangible reason to ask her to mentor me. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the most awkward ask because when I asked her, she was probably like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't teach Bible studies. Yeah. I, you know, like, I don't know what you really want to learn from me. And I was like, it's not, it's not <laughs> a bullet point keynote. I need mm-hmm. to learn from you. I just want to get coffee with you and process things with you because I think the way you've lived your life is the way I want to build mine. And so mm-hmm. my experience asking someone to guide me through writing my book was a lot like finding a mentor. Mm-hmm. I like that. What do you think is so important about having somebody like that in your life? Because I think maybe sometimes it's just like, oh, well, do I really need that? You know, do I need to have that in my life? What do you think? What do you think is so important about it? I really think it helps you shortcut the distance to success and success in whatever your terms for success are fullness, freedom, joy, financial success, whatever your measurables are, a mentor can help you get there faster. Now, if you want to take the long, hard road, go for it. But I am a, you know, a girl who likes to live as pain-free as possible. And so if I can have the shortcut that's still thorough in the right way and know Mm -hmm. know, I'm not cutting corners, but if I can take the most efficient route to a meaningful, full life where I'm living my dreams, sign me up. If someone who learns the 10-year lesson can boil it down into a year-long lesson for me, I'm in. <laughs> yes. Sign me up. And it may not necessarily mean that you truly grasp onto it and learn it in that moment, but at least hearing them tell you what they walked through and just kind of their life stories and being able to try to learn from somebody like that. You're right. And I think that's why I've really enjoyed having mentors growing up is being able to see their lives and just how they treat other people. And then also, yeah, try to learn some of those lessons before I have to make mistakes and then learn. (laughs) Exactly. Like if I, you know, I think of like walking on a trail with someone a few steps ahead of me and they're like, Hey, step over this branch here or you're right. That's a pretty muddy pit right there. Great. I would love to not walk the rest of this trail with wet shoes. Mm-hmm. Or a broken ankle. <laughs> and so, right. please tell me what you know so that I can have the best experience here. And I, I really, I think inviting people in, it's vulnerable. You risk mm-hmm. rejection. It can be weird. You can get bad advice. But I think the ultimate reward is an, or the, the ultimate value there is a net positive, even if there's mm-hmm. some road bumps along the way. Mm-hmm. I like that. And so do you, can you think of maybe certain things that you kind of had to learn that were difficult um, in being mentored? Like either whether it was through one of them or something you were walking through and they had to help you through it. You know, what were some of the hard things you had to learn through that? Yeah, I, I think of a few things there. You know, ultimately, I think of discernment. Sometimes you're going to invite voices in that aren't the right voice. I had some small group leaders in college who really pushed their opinion onto me and presented it as God. And Mm, 
it's still my job to hear Holy Spirit for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I trusted them and I let them in with no checks and balances. And it was pretty damaging. And I still, I still will shout from the rooftops, let people in, find a mentor. The risk is worth the reward. Um, But that's a painful lesson for me. I mean, the pastors mm-hmm. had to get involved because it was incorrect, really? you know? And yeah. so it, it was really painful. And that showed me of like, Hey, even people you trust who are good people, they were not bad people. Mm-hmm. They were just giving me bad advice. Mm-hmm. Any single one of us can project our story onto someone else and 100% think we're helping when we're really hurting. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it showed me that even if I like someone, even if they're magnetic, even if they're amazing, even if they're wise and respected, it's still my job to discern if the advice yeah. they're giving me is right for me. Yeah. I think, too, another lesson is expectations with mentors are really important. I've learned Mm. this both in friendship and mentorship in the last few years. Now, you don't want to be a consumer or a taker and just say, hey, these are my expectations of you. That is not (laughs) what I'm saying here. But if you value timeliness and they're never on time, y'all might need to talk about it. Or if they value timeliness, and you are consistently late, they might not want to mentor you for a long time. (laughs) And so just setting expectations with each other of what's going to maximize the relationship in a way that makes each party feel cared for, I promise will set you up now for success. Now, if you're like me, you might think, I have no expectations of people. I love (laughs) with no strings attached. This was me. I thought <laughs> I never had expectations of people. I'm the best lover of people. I just no strings attached ever until I had some missed expectations <laughs> that were subconscious. And then I was mad and yeah. I was like, why don't they love people well? And it wasn't that they didn't <laughs> love people well, it's that they weren't a mind reader and I was mm-hmm. not communicating my needs. Mm-hmm. And so I think expectations, love them or hate them, you know, there's like these relationship things of like expectation is where love goes to die. And I just don't know that that's quite true. Like we all have them. I expect my husband to not cheat on me, right? Like that's a pretty healthy basic expectation. We all have expectations. It's just like communicating them. They don't have to be harsh or blunt. This is my expectation of you. That might be a little much. But thinking about times where maybe you were disappointed in the past would help highlight areas that are expectations that might seem super intuitive to you, but might not be intuitive to the next person, no matter how amazing they are. Right. So that that's been a big one for me. Yeah, that's good. And I was also thinking, you know, connecting back to what you said earlier is it's a shortcut for making sure, you know, you don't have to go through that with your mentor in the future, like having to get to the point where, They're really frustrated at you for being late all the time, you know, and instead in the beginning, setting that expectation will save you from, (laughs) from that hardship or miscommunication in the, in the future. Or it's fizzling out because it was never communicated. And so I think it can prevent so much pain. And I love that you said that's even a shortcut to a better relationship. And so I, I 100% agree. Yeah, for sure. And I like that. I've had to learn lessons in that area too, of just like 
between friends, between mentors or whatever it is of just like how we place subconscious expectations on people. And that's really hard to figure out, but sitting back and trying to think about before you enter into a mentorship relationship or discipling someone, what, you know, what kind of maybe hidden expectations are we putting on people? Uh, or yeah. relationships. So that's, that's really good to think about. Um, so in thinking about just my audience and that I've got a lot of young ladies listening in, you know, college or in their twenties, what do you feel like you most want, um, young girls to understand regarding mentorship, discipleship? That if you're waiting for the perfect person who is famous, or, you know, not a volunteer, but the head pastor of mm. your church to mentor you, you're going to be waiting forever. Yeah. That person that could invest so powerfully in you might already be in your life. They might be one of your best friend's moms. They yeah. might be someone that you go to spin class with. They might be one of your college professors or your advisors. You know, I, I think that we live in an era that is obsessed with fame mm. and recognition. And I'm not yes. saying every one of your listeners is obsessed with that, but I, I think we're all attracted to a sparkly person, right? But sometimes it's the quiet, not sparkly person that might give you the most impact. And yeah. because everyone doesn't want their attention, they might have a lot more capacity to impact you. The yeah. famous person might be stretched 72 different ways. And, you know, if I think about Beth Moore, she probably doesn't even have time to see her best friends in a given month, <laughs> much less mentor this stranger from Tennessee. Right. I just don't know how she'd fit me in. She's probably doing everything she can to fit her children and her grandchildren <laughs> and a few friend hangouts a month in between speaking all the time and writing mm -hmm. Bible studies and all things. So I just think take the um, quest for a mentor or your prospective mentor off a pedestal and look for that normal woman who might be crushing it in one area of life. They don't have to be crushing it in every area. Area You don't have to agree with them on everything. I, you know, spoiler alert, even me and my husband don't agree on everything. Theologically, friendship-wise, you know, like that you're, mm -hmm. no one person is ever going to be aligned with you on every single topic on the planet. And yeah. it is our responsibilities when we are being mentored to choose a meat and spit out the bones. Learn mm. what you're going to learn from the relationship. And it's okay to leave a few things on the shelf that don't fit for you. Now, yeah. you might have to be brave sometimes and say, I don't know if that's right for me. Or you can just politely not apply that advice. Right. Because again, no two humans have the same life experience. And so mm -hmm. it's not necessarily what you're looking for in a mentor, but just someone to guide you. And to be there as a sounding board, help you arrive at your own, 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 you know, understanding of the world and your life. I, I think too, some of my favorite mentors didn't tell me what to think. They told me how to think, you know, they, they help me arrive at my own conclusions. Mm -hmm. And I think if we, if we go to therapy, even in school, we do this the best lessons are when we learn them ourselves anyways. It's just nice to have a guide to help us get there. Mm -hmm. And someone to like process with, you know, some, yeah. 
<laughs> either either you're the kind of person that is very like loves to verbally process or maybe you think you kind of got it on your own and it's your own internal battle but um both can benefit from having somebody like you said as a sounding board um even if they're not necessarily telling you what path to choose. They're not necessarily telling you, like you said, what to think, but how to is very, very beneficial and helpful. And so in that, let's say somebody's like, yes, all these things are great. I love it. But like, how do I find that? I mean, you said maybe my friend's mom or maybe this person, but how do I find them? And what am I really looking for? Yeah. So I, I always encourage people to start with what they value. Like what are your highest values in life right now? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you love being involved at church? Do you like going to yoga or spin class? Do you like the hikers club that you go to on a weekly basis? I always use the hikers club as an example. (laughs) Because you're five years in Colorado. (laughs) It really changed me. (laughs) I follow this hikers club on Instagram, but in LA, <laughs> but, um, you know, think about the hobbies you enjoy. They don't have to be a cookie cutter Sunday school answer. You, I'm not looking for the best answer here of what's the holiest answer. I'm just looking yeah. for what are you interested in? Go connect with people there. You can then meet with someone that you are connecting with and say, maybe we can hang out outside of this. You don't have to, you know, slap a label on it first thing and say, will you be my life mentor? Might be coming on a little too strong. <laughs> kind of like, you know, we as ladies know, we probably shouldn't talk about babies on the first date. So like, <laughs> like let's chill and let's just see where it goes before yeah. we just go and put a huge label on it. Because that might chase anyone yeah. off. And so, you know, get to know people. You might have a few hangouts outside of your shared hobby and think, actually, this is not who I want to invest in me or mentor me. Or Mm. you might say, hey, can we meet on a more formal basis? Like I would love to meet like twice a month, coffee on me. I just want to learn from you. Doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be super, you know, this big thing where you are asking for them to bring you a keynote with three talking points every other (laughs) Tuesday. You can just meet and connect. That would be um, kind of nice, though. That would be okay. That, that would. I mean, Tommy, <laughs> give me a TED Talk every other Tuesday, please. Thank you. Um, Specifically geared towards my life. Yes. that would, I, And it's going to take you 17 hours to prepare. Yes. And I'll be here yeah. to receive. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, too, you know, sometimes, you know, I think we just put a lot of pressure on on finding that perfect mentor right away. And it is a lot Mm -hmm. like dating. You're not, we don't find our match (laughs) always on the first date. I mean, if you did, great. I certainly did not. And so you might need a few duds along the way that aren't the right match. But I promise the reward when you do find someone who's a a good fit for a voice to invite into your life, it's really worth it. And that relationship might be something that you have for the next 15 years. So it might be worth a little effort to put yourself out there. And then lastly, like I fully recognize we are in a different season Mm, and going to a spin class or a hikers club might not be possible for a lead, uh, a listener, you know, in any given city at the moment. Every spot on earth is, is 
functioning differently city to city right now. And we're in kind of a unique time. So meeting people in a traditional sense might look a little bit different for you, but this is not the fun answer, but I will encourage listeners that if you can't meet people in person, it's not worth staying stuck in isolation and just waiting it out. You can listen to a podcast and join the Facebook community that goes along with the podcast, or you can use Facebook as a search engine. And I promise you there's a Facebook group for everything under the sun. And you mm-hmm. might get in one and think, wow, these are not my people. And you move on. And you leave that group and you find a group where you finally find some people who are like you. It's the digital version of Mm -hmm. meeting new friends. But I have some friends that I did meet on the internet. You know, when I got started in this online business space, I didn't have any friends in my real life who did that. We were not in a pandemic, but we, I just didn't have any physical friends doing what I did. And so I joined a few online Facebook groups and I got engaged and connected and went on little Zoom dates with new girlfriends trying to connect and be business besties. And I met a few along the way that here we are five years later. And it's, it's not the ideal way of meeting people, but I Mm -hmm. would not let this current season hold you back from meeting people, even if it's, weird or different or unusual. Right, right. Almost taking that and using it to our advantage. Like, it's really cool that, you know, even though social media, we can sometimes think of, oh man, we have to be really careful with it. It can be bad for us. You know, it is really cool how it is designed to connect people. Um, And in that way, specific to interests and things that you like to do, you know, when it can, it can be used to connect, especially in this kind of season when it's not as easy to. Totally. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm in all these Facebook groups, I think, but, uh, have I ever really like engaged and tried, you know, to to be more out there? Totally. I went to this online masterclass or whatever on a topic I wanted to learn because I was just learning in that season a lot. And this girl, Topsy, was just so funny in the chat. She was not the host of the class. She was just chatting it up and funny. And I was like, that's my kind of girl. Like she's yeah. fun. But I was like, we got to connect. You're my kind of girl. Let's hang. So we had a little virtual coffee day and drank Heck our coffee yeah. and got to know each other. And we're buddies. It was probably a year before I physically met her in person at a retreat. Yeah. And here we are like four years later. And so that's I promise so you it's, bizarre but here we are in a bizarre season of life (laughs) right but it's cool like how zoom even though lord i can't stand it right now just because i do it all day every day but zoom facetime like it really does connect people in a really cool way like i feel like i'm sitting in a room with you chatting with you you know it is cool how it is really a way for us to connect when it's not physically possible or, or it's a little bit more difficult. I, I can't fly to Nashville right now, you know, and hang out with you. And so pressing start on zoom is, and so that is so right. Don't let, we can't let, you know, our kind of physical limitations hold us back from, from doing that. So that's really encouraging and a whole other thing I didn't even think about. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So let's jump into the last couple of questions. And I ask these to every guest that comes on the show. And the first one is what is one thing you wish you knew as a 20 something? Oh man. I Which I'm sure it's an- not far away. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's about, you know, I'm 31. So I was in my twenties recently, but I'd say my early twenties, especially I, don't tend to compare myself against my peers. I do very subconsciously, but I compare Mm -hmm. myself against where I want to be at like 45, all the accomplishments I want to achieve. And someday I really would find myself and still do comparing myself against not having arrived at where I want to arrive by a certain Mm -hmm. point. And it's like, wait, but you know, the people I know who have accomplished that are 45 and I'm 21. (laughs) Yeah. It probably took them, you know, 24 years to develop and build that. And so maybe it wasn't that I was comparing it against myself, but comparing it against, I was comparing against other women, just women who were a lot older and more established than me. And I didn't see the years it took to build and establish what they've built and established. And I love the phrase, Because it just reminds me, you know, so often we compare our middle to someone else's destination. You know, we all read, we, you know, I know he was a jerk, but we all read, you know, Steve Jobs biography and we're like, wow, what he created was wild. I mean, Apple, we've all got an iPhone in our hands. Right. But he got fired and was not thriving at the midway point (laughs) through his career. And so we're not sitting there telling the story of that amazing time he got fired. We're telling the story about his destination. And I do that. And so I think as an early 20s gal, I wish I would have known that it's normal for me to do that, but had the reminder of like, hey, just checking in. You're comparing yourself to someone 25 years older than you. You'll get there one day. Right. (laughs) You are not missing it. It's never too late to get started. You have time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I know it's so easy to be like, wow, you know, look at them. This is awesome. But you don't hear in the one Instagram post, you don't hear in whatever it is, their journey, how they got there, you know, and it probably did take some time and a lot of life lessons learned and all of the above. So you're so right. It is good to to kind of be reminded of that when it's so easy in just a moment to immediately go, oh, what have I been doing with my life? And you're like, yeah, wait, I've only been alive for 20, for me, 26 years. It's going to be okay, honey. (laughs) We've got some time. (laughs) Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Okay. So Kelsey, what are you like reading, listening to, watching any and all of the above? So I just reread President for Perfect. Big surprise. Nice. Um, oh, that's a good I've one. read it like three times. Whenever I need a recalibration, I reread it because it, it does help me reset and remind me to slow down. Yeah. And um, yeah. I also am reading, I just finished that. I'm reading Dream Big by Bob Goff, his oh, newest book. Yes. And I want to read it's it. Great. So bad. It's great. Um, and then I'm reading a some random business books on audible that are a little bit boring, but information <laughs> informative, vivid vision yeah. is, the, learning. is one of them. Learning is great. Learning. <laughs> um, 
And then on Netflix, I just watched Firefly Lane. I've always okay. Got is it good? Shows. I've been it curious. It, it's kind of is it like yeah. good, but you're you get halfway in and you're like, this is super inappropriate, and why am I watching it? Because that's the that's what I keep getting frustrated with on Netflix. I'm like, everyone keeps talking about how this show is awesome. And I get into it and I'm like, no one told me how much sex is in this show. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there is some sex in there. I would say it's more of a story about friendship. So it, it ends on a note more about their friendship. And sometimes okay. I do. I, you know, I know we're, we have a more evolved way of storytelling than an ending in a love story. <laughs> but sometimes I just want the love story, you know, right. like, you know, I, I love friends. I've got, a, I love friend time. Like I've got that, like, and I've got, I've got some love in my life too, but <laughs> story, man. So yes. I wish there was a little more of that in there, but oh, it's are. really, it's good. It was fulfilling. It felt like a chick flick from like the 2000s era, oh. like how to lose a guy in 10 days, 27 dresses era. Yep. It yep. felt like that in a TV show. And we haven't had Sign that in a while. Sign me so up. It. Yes, you're right. We, I, yes, I agree. I'm like, where are We're all these deficit. great chick like movies? No one's making them anymore. What in the world? I, I have to go back and keep watching the old ones. <sighs> it, 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 it has that tone. There are some, some like, parts of it but like overall that tone and that is yeah. soul fueling to me yes <laughs> agreed I totally agree with that yes I'm I'm excited I'll watch it after I'm watching good girls right now or the new season which I really oh, like that show too okay highly recommend might be next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and lastly what's refreshing you these days like anything that's just bringing you life you know I think I always go back to this was just established in the past year, but I can't stop talking about it. I love my daily walk. I just mm. find my anxiety levels are reduced. Yeah. I don't really enjoy working out, but I enjoy my walk. Mm-hmm. And I can talk to the to my friends on the phone. I can't go to a spin class and talk to my friends on the phone during it because I'm dying. True. True. But I can walk and talk every day. And so that is like, a really big highlight of my day. I'll do it between meetings. I'll go mm-hmm. answer all my voice messages and texts while I'm on my walk. And I will, I think I walked five and a half miles today. And Heck I yeah. <laughs> you go girl. And then that makes a difference. And you're right. It's something so freeing about just being outside, right? Even if you have mm-hmm. a 10 minute break, 20 minute break, or it probably took me forever to walk five miles, but I'll have like a spike in my anxiety in the middle of a work day and I will have 10 minutes till the next call. And I'm like, I am just going to go outside and my mood will shift pretty quickly. Um, if I'm just outside for five minutes and I, I just was trying to move after eating seven cookies a night and two glasses of milk at the beginning (laughs) of quarantine. And then I realized how much it improved my like soul and that's where I kept it yeah I mean you mean we can't still eat seven cookies at night (laughs) let me tell you my first 21 days of quarantine I I mean when I like something I eat it on repeat all the time I ate seven extra large toll house cookies a night two glasses of milk and two glasses of wine whoa I had some habit breaking to do yeah. At the end of those three, I was like, okay, I really leaned into quarantine and it's right. time. Right. I, I, it's time to stop. It's time right. to treat 
healthy rhythm. And we were almost like excused to do that, which kind of bothered me coming out on the other side or even just months after it was like, we made it okay, like to overeat or to eat horribly or whatever it was, which is a whole other topic. But I was like, why are we making that okay? But also like, as long as it's not a habit, as long as it's, you know, we can <laughs> reward ourselves or, you know, sometimes know. you just need a sleeve of Thin Mints after a hard day. Okay. Oh, as long as it's not a habit. I know. <laughs> it, it became a habit and then it became a habit I broke. <laughs> yes. Good for you, girlfriend. Now you replaced them with your, with your anxiety with reducing walks. walks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, oh, yes. That too. That too, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today, Kelsey. I am side plug here. I love the cover, the artwork of your book. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so adorable. Um, so I'm not going to give any more details because that'll make everybody go look it up and yeah, we're just excited for you. And thank you for coming on and encouraging us in mentorship. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy to be here. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today. I am so thankful for Kelsey and just her bringing light to the importance of mentorship and encouraging others to jump into that kind of relationship. So I pray that you would find deep community who will stand the test of time. I'm praying for you guys to find that uh, within your church, within your communities. Uh, to be able to have those conversations and that ultimately will draw you closer to the Lord. Um, He is so generous and kind for this good gift. Shout out to all those who have mentored me in my life who I love so, so, so dearly and I'm so thankful for. Stay fresh, my people.